how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast interview series, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, chefs, and various other types of creatives as we bridge the gap between creativity and productivity. Here we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and lessons that help promote a successful creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Make sure to also check out Freelancer Class, where you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money online as a writer, marketer, designer, virtual assistant, accountant, or salesperson. Stay tuned after the show to learn how to get access for free to this $99 valued freelancer course, along with some other free items on our website, creativeprinciples.live. In the new HBO documentary, John McCain, For Whom the Bell Tolls, we learn more about this senator who has lost two presidential elections, survived as a Vietnam POW for five years, and received a recent brain tumor diagnosis. The senator is surprisingly optimistic, potentially the last of his kind and the latest subject for Coonhart Films. Three weeks after the senator's diagnosis, the producers of the film started working with him to make this movie happen. Coonhart Films, which launched in 1987, consists of six-time Emmy Award winner Peter Coonhart and his two sons, George and Teddy. In this interview, the three creators talk about John McCain as a character, how to gain trust as a filmmaker, and the importance of subjects that you're willing to spend a year of your time with. The print version of this interview is also available on creativescreenwriting.com. We had done a similar documentary when Teddy Kennedy uh, announced that he had brain cancer. And uh, Teddy, when, when he read it in the news that, that McCain had come had been diagnosed with this, uh, just thought it was a natural, you know, be, since McCain was the other line of the Senate and had a storied long life that paralleled the last half century of American history, that um, it was it was the right choice. And fortunately for us, McCain agreed immediately, and uh, we started about three weeks after he he was diagnosed. So I actually spoke with um, Trey Ellis, who worked on King in the Wilderness with you guys as well. And, and in that documentary, I think they were kind of looking for a different angle for MLK. Um, with something like this, how did you kind of pick out the pieces of what's important for this story? So with, this, with, with, with John, who's, who's led such a long life, we, we, we scripted out on a timeline his, his story and, and figured out, you know, the highs and the lows. And, and sort of focused in on what we thought were important milestones. Uh, one, one thing I should say is when we met with, with Senator McCain the first time, he said, you know, I, I want this film to, to show the warts and all. I don't, I don't want you to, to, sh to shy away from them. So whether it was the Keating Five or the, the South Carolina Confederate flag comment um, or his, his – uh, 
divorced from his first wife, Carol, you know, he, he was an open book and we were able to stitch together a narrative that did the highs and the lows. And in a funny way, in a funny way, he was obsessed with his mistakes. So he would constantly be bringing them up himself and kind of trying to uh, deal with them head on, apologize for them and acknowledge them. And uh, you know, he's, he, as his family says, he's his own harshest critic. And, and one thing to add to that is at the time when we interviewed him, he was 80 years old and now he's 81. This is a man who's facing the end of his life who, who who's extremely reflective. So we think that when we interviewed him and the timing of our, of our interview in making this film is completely different than how we done this 15 years ago, for instance. He, he, he was, as, as Peter's saying, an open book and just much more reflective in a way that we and anyone else has not heard before. And so I think that was a, the timing was perfect for this. In terms of recording, how many times did you actually sit down with John McCain? And then when, when was the conversation that led to you um, coming up with this title for the film? Uh, the, the, that two, two separate questions. The, the first is we, we spent three days down in Sedona, uh, right about three weeks after his diagnosis with Senator McCain. And then we did uh, another couple, few days, uh, three days in D.C., uh, one of which was just following him around as a fly on the wall. The, the title came later in the process. We, we were having very big troubles figuring out what the title would be, and Peter said, you know, it's right in front of our face the whole time. It's, it should be For Whom the Bell Tolls, which which is the sub-theme of the whole film of, of Robert Jordan's fight for a cause greater than oneself. So it, it, was, it just sort of came out of the film itself. Yeah, and, and, and every, time, every time we interviewed Senator McCain, he, he hearkened back to, to the influence Hemingway's For Whom the Bell Tolls had on him. And here's a guy who whose greatest heroes were his father, an admiral, and his admiral grandfather, in whose steps he followed. And yet, when asked what, who his greatest hero was, it was a fictional character who just represented the same values and courage and, and uh, kind of humble strength that I think he prizes in himself. So the, the interviewees in the film come from both sides, the left and the right. There's a, there's a friendship between McCain and, and Joe Biden, for example. The first part of the movie focuses on military. How conscious were you to make the movie kind of down the middle or at least, you know, as honest as possible versus any type of partisanship? Well, I mean, th that is the biggest thing that we want to take away from this film was how both sides need to come together and how John is the epitome of this. He is someone who is a conservative Republican, but as you, as you pointed out, his friends and his colleagues are across both aisles. And so when we, when we conducted these interviews, we made a, it, it, we were surprised by how many Democrats we were going to, we interviewed. We, before starting the project, we were thinking it was be mostly Republican heavy and it was an amazing and a, and a great surprise to see how bipartisan his friendships are. But I want to note that the people that we interviewed were, they were extraordinary. And it was a situation where, that we've never encountered on any film where when we approach someone like President Obama or Vice President Biden or Secretary Clinton, usually it takes weeks, months, years to get access to some of these people and to get greenlit for an interview. 
they accepted almost immediately. And they would say, okay, we're, we love John. We want to do this. How's next week? It, we had such amazing lines of connection to these, to, to, to these interviewees that is, it, it, it's a testament to John and, and who he is and his relationships within the Senate. And I'd add that um, we, don't, we really don't make political films. We, we, we kind of try to do more timeless, uh, evergreen films that uh, get, to the, get to the character, the center of the character and the kind of moral compass that, that, that leads McCain in his case. So, so uh, what, one of the things that we were most struck by was the consistency of John's political message. And in, the, in these rough political times today, it, it appears that he is saying something that is needed right now in, 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 in politics in America. And, and it, it's true, it is. But if you go back in time, he's been saying the same thing decade after decade. So we were struck by his consistency in his, in his message. And uh, it's just that most people haven't heard it before. And it seems to ring truer today than it, it has in the past. And I would also add that a lot of people we've been speaking with are surprised at the turnout of Democrats in this film. You know, John would say, that's the reality. I, I, I am friends with Democrats. I, it's not about party. It's about, you know, go, you know, it's about all of us. It's about Democrats, Republicans, independents. So, so it's not a surprise that there was this great turnout. It's about country. There's a, to kind of add on that, there's a, there's a scene where McCain actually shuts down a question or a rude comment about Obama from one of his supporters. Uh, Obama talks about this in the film as well. Uh, in addition, he's conservative. His daughter is liberal. liberal. Is it possible that he's, um, I don't know, as far as today's politics, like too decent or too moral to, to kind of be there? Or is he just kind of the last of his breed? Or, we, or is the movie meant to hope there's more people like him entering politics? I think I think all of the above. I think yes, he he uh, he he didn't get elected president because, for one reason, because he put uh, his moral beliefs in front of politics, and he, he he made the conscious decision not to run negative ads, which which hurt him. I think he's he's both offering himself up as a model, an imperfect model. But, but a model, and and I think his message is is to his fellow senators to get their act together, stop being so partisan, so so divisive, and begin trying to accomplish something. So I I do think he's he he's an he's from an old school of politics, but something that he feels strongly needs to be returned to. Did you put much thought into the different eras in terms of how the political climate was? Like, for example, it seems like it came off in the movie, but like pre-Nixon, you know, most people respected their government. By the time 2008 came around, the media was drastically changing, as we saw in the film. Did you kind of, you know, put some effort into helping characterize these different generations as, as long as he's been a senator? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it wasn't it wasn't pre-thought through, but what became very clear in 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 interviewing the the, the uh, advisors he had around him was that uh, McCain is a 
is a talker and a thinker. And as the press changed from a slower-paced, longer-formatted venue where he could, in that first election, sit in the back of the bus and talk all day with 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 uh, journalists and really dig deep. You know, once that once that turned out to be um, uh, more digital and fast-paced and smaller snippets, and you know, the, the the message was online before he could finish speaking. That wasn't his thing. So the technology uh, kind of passed him by, and I and I think it, it was hard for John, and still remains hard. I think John would like it to go back to those uh, those earlier times when when uh, journalists and politicians had a dialogue, which they don't seem to be have, having as much today. I would also add that in in 2000, John was the underdog, and everyone loves an underdog story. Whereas in 2008, he was the presumptive nominee, and he was the front runner, and you know Obama at that point was was the underdog. So there was a, just a natural shift that that hurt John. Seems like really everything was kind of going against him. The nation was looking for a change. Obama, you know, was the first African American nominee or, or running and then everything with technology and media, it seemed like everything was just you can kind of see in, in his frustration speaking with the media on the bus that everything was kind of going against him all at one time. No, definitely, and and it was you know this whole idea of gotcha journalism was was pre- prevalent, and when Lehman Brothers fell, I mean that was the icing on the cake that he just couldn't he just couldn't win. For novice filmmakers who want to get into documentary filmmaking, um, they likely or most likely won't get this type of access to to these type of people at least not right away. What kind of advice do you have for you know finding subject matter, getting started on a small budget, or just kind of making the best documentary you can given your resources? I mean, the way that Peter, Teddy, and I come up with subject matter, I mean, it, it changes every film, but we read a lot. Read The Times, read, read, read LA Times, Wall Street Journal, you name it, and come and find interesting stories that, that we find to be something that we'd want to spend a year working on. We We don't want to dedicate our lives and, and dedicate resources and time to something that doesn't interest us and something that doesn't motivate us. So my first piece of advice is find a story and a subject matter that you want to live with and, 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 and are passionate about. Regarding budgets and all that type of thing, I mean, it's taken 30-plus years of our father's career, 10 years of our career to kind of get to the place that we're in, so it takes a while. But the best advice I have is Find find something that you can start off small. You can pull in favors. I mean, there's a lot of cheap equipment these days. There's ways to do it on on a low budget, and and start small and slowly expand with with gaining access to certain people. That that's it's all about connections and de- about timing and dedication because it's a lot of these people are very hard to get to, and it's taken us years to be able to gain the trust. For for instance, with this McCain film. We, Megan McCain told us she was very skeptical of, our, of us before we did this. She said, this is a very personal story. I, we have, I have a hard time letting you in. But she knew that we did the same thing with Warren Buffett and his family, who, was, who, who felt the same way, and they trusted us completely at the end of the project and loved working with us. 
The same can be said with the Bradley family. There's countless Gloria Steinem. It's about building a reputation of people trusting you and trusting that you're going to tell the story with their best intention. And we think that that has come through on the screen that people now are opening up and, and trusting us with their, with their lives and with their stories. Yeah, George is right. Trust is at the core of being able to tell a good story. And my advice to a young filmmaker is not to follow a story because you have a political um, agenda that you want to follow, but to tell a story because it's a good story. So it, it doesn't matter. It didn't matter to us, um, uh, John's political background. It, what mattered to us was that John um, uh, had a fascinating story to tell. And, and uh, if you focus on story and not on, on uh, kind of pushing your own agenda, I think you come out with a much purer, cleaner, and uh, more honest uh, product at the end. And I'd, I'd also add, as George mentioned, you know, you can get a cheap DSLR that shoots, you know, 4K and looks beautiful, and there's editing software from Adobe to Final Cut, any, you know, any of this stuff that's cheap and easy to use, so just keep playing with it. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Before you leave, don't forget to sign up for the weekly newsletter where you also get free access to the freelancer course, Master the Freelancer Mindset. This system will teach you exactly how to find clients online, which includes step one, the psychology of the mindset, step two, how to create a killer profile, and step three, how to find quality clients. This online course is valued at $99. It can be yours for free. In addition to the free course, you'll get access to the ebook How Hollywood Screenwriters Annihilate Writer's Block. This contains advice from Aaron Sorkin, Carrie Fukunaga, and William Monahan. You can find all of this and more on creativeprinciples.live. Visit the website for new interviews, articles, and the daily blog. That's creativeprinciples.live.